Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. In fact, wherever or whenever you're listening to this episode of the NI Golf Channel podcast, myself and Emma, we're back. Hello, Emma. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks. We're back for another update. And this episode, we're going to focus a wee bit on volunteering. Yes, absolutely. Paul has been speaking to Bushwick GC manager Ian Blair and Alma Morrison, who was crowned Ulster Volunteer of the Year. Yeah, we pick up on the latest ISPS Honda World Invitational News with Castle Rock GC's Bert McKay. And of course, we've got our amateur roundup as well. Yeah, but before all of that, as is our way, a little rundown of some mm-hmm. of the golf news from around the world. So uh, Terrell Hatton, our great friend Terrell Hatton, uh, mm-hmm. will join the Ryder Cup teammates, Shane Lowry and Rory McIlroy at the Horizon Irish Open when the tournament mm-hmm. refers to the K-Club. That's in September from uh, the 6th to the 10th. Um, I'm told here that the Englishman finished in the share of 5th when the event was last held at the County Kildare venue in 2016, which seems a lifetime ago. Uh, Ian Woosnam has confirmed his place in the field for the Irish Legends event at Seapoint, which is June the 21st to the 25th. And also Padraig Harrington and Darren Clark will compete at the Senior Open presented by Rolex this summer. Clark, of course, will be looking to defend the title that he took last year. And did, did Harrington finish second to him? Yes. Am I making was, that up? I have no, that in my head. It was a one-two for the old It was island. two of them battling and out, battling and out. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and staying with uh, big events, Olivia Mahaffey, mm-hmm. she's confirmed she's going to play in this year's Women's Irish Open at Dromoland Castle, which will begin on August the 31st. Olivia was one of seven golfers which has been allocated funding of £35,000 each via the 2023 Golf Ireland Professional Scheme. So Olivia's been joined, at that, uh, joined on that mark by... Stuart Graham, Gary mm-hmm. Hurley, John Murphy, Connor Purcell, Dermot McElroy, and Jonathan Yates. And got me thinking, mm-hmm. there's a couple mm-hmm. of people missing for that, certainly who I'd have thought beyond it, including one Tom McKibben. Oh no, that's a good point. So Quite. I went I went into the game. I went into you, the, oh, you went and did some digging, did you? Oh, I've gone into the guidelines trying to find out mm-hmm. what the yeah. criteria is. Note, it says on the form, players that win over 250000 in total prize money in the season immediately prior to that in which they wish to receive assistance will be not eligible to receive financial support for the um, season ahead. And I guess right. Tom must have just about... Just about done it. Just mm. about been... That's what I'm thinking anyway. I haven't asked anybody officially, but that's what I'm guessing. Mm. 35000 is it an awful lot in the big bad world any longer really but certainly important for those people and will pay for travel and stuff but yes overall in total i think irish irish uh, were given somewhere in the region of 300 odd thousand to spend so there is some discretionary spent left there so maybe some of the people who haven't got this time can maybe get a wee bit of support so good luck to them yeah along the way but yes i mean you're right 30 35,000 but it's not to be sniffed that chair is it like you say no. the travel and everything else and then it gives them the chance to be performing and, and earning rather than yeah. not being able to get there in the first place and um, and at the other end of the scale people who 
have a fair amount of money from being very good at this game. Uh, United States Ryder Cup captain Zach Johnson has named Jim Furyk and Fred Couples as vice captains for the 2023 Ryder Cup, which will take place between September the 29th and October the 1st at Marcus Mooney Golf and Country Club in Rome in Italy. Johnson previously appointed former Ryder Cup captain Steve Stricker and Davis Love III as vice captains. Sounds like he's getting the gang back together again there, doesn't it? It's not, it does he's bit. hardly taken anybody from right field, but no, they've, got an awful lot of, they've got an awful lot of experience there. Anyway, yeah. the European anyway. Tour, or the DP World Tours, we'll have to call it now, Correct. has confirmed, mm-hmm. and that's hot off the press this evening, and it's the mm-hmm. 11th of May, so confirmed right. it has issued sanctions for players who breached the Tour's conflicting tournament regulation by competing in live golf and Asian Tour events without releases. So in total, they've, uh, they've identified 26 players informed individually of the sanctions applicable to them. Um, so amongst the, f- the sanctions are fines and um, were appropriate, some tournament suspensions. So we know for a fact that a number of them were asked to pay hundred thousand yes. pound, um, like sort of uh, Graham and some of the other ones, and a lot mm-hmm. of them have paid up, except for Mister Garcia who hasn't Sergio. paid up. <laughs> and alongside that, a number of the guys of the likes of Lee Westwood, Ian Potter, and the guys have, have handed their membership back. So they've yeah. decided that's it; they're done. So I've just just a point about this. Um, mm-hmm. so the DP World Tour have won this battle. Okay, at what mm-hmm. stage does it seem that they're just being punitive they've got a fine line to run there you know what i mean oh, yeah like, they okay. could say that that money is they can plow it back into maybe prize funds or support staff or whatever they decide to do however you know you've got the moral high ground if you just keep hammering people now you can turn them into martyrs well there is that aspect of it but i think it's the it's the people who aren't the the Garcia's in the Westwoods and the you know the people that are a, a, a couple of levels below that who are the people who are going to actually suffer from this and the people who were you know maybe have come back and apologized um the Rathbells or whoever but you know they, they're the people who haven't got all this money stashed away to pay in fines and all the likes of it and the people that maybe the public weren't blaming for going and having a look elsewhere because their story and their career is very different so you're right they need to it's it's tricky they it, it looks like if they go hard at the beginning then maybe it will deter people which is obviously part of the point you would imagine as well i don't know but yeah like you say it feels a bit like one of those you know like the sort of the newspaper slander cases or something where people who already have lots of money get a get a payout or get you know compensation and then they give it to a good cause and it does feel like like you say that maybe the um maybe the money that they're taking back out and as long as it's put to good use but wouldn't it be also maybe making a bit of a point if they put it directly into grassroots or something and they were actually growing the game with it rather than all the well, other uh, growing the that's, game um that's, a, that's one there now that's one there <laughs> what are you doing with the money huh interesting uh, very good. Just, just finally, just you may have missed it yesterday. So, uh, BBC Northern Ireland run a story, run a, a wee report on uh, yesterday, the day before, um, regarding live golf coming to Ireland. Mm, I did not see that. Uh, yeah. So, um, and it was you know Greg Norman saying that really, you know, Ireland's a great golfing part of the world, and he's 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 a. Uh, 
uh, worked and, and designed a couple of golf courses here, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's on the back of Mr. Trump being at Doonbeg there recently. Oh. I know. But, and it would seem that that's the automatic. If you're thinking live golf in Ireland, you would mm. imagine it's going to go to Trump Doonbeg. But in the middle of it, David Ferdy pops up. Oh. And he, he suggests he would love to see a live golf event at Royal County Down. Oh, oh. Fairwitz clipping man. Oh my gosh. I don't think that's. I know the world is a strange place, I, but the exactly. idea of Royal County Down allowing itself to become a host of a live golf event just seems slightly outrageous. But fair play, fair play to Mister Friday for throwing it out there. See what the reaction. Was. I had not heard a Twitter of this and it's just it's, it's just like you say the, the, the world particularly the golf world is just a little bit crazy these days so it whilst it does sound ridiculous stranger things sadly have happened so God knows <laughs> oh dear So Castle Rock GC will replace Mazarin GC as host, sorry, co-host of the ISPS Hand at World Invitational in August. And Paul caught up with podcast regular and Castle Rock GM, Bert McKay, for the inside track. Hi, Paul. Good to see you again. Congratulations. Another wee feather in the cap for the mighty Castle Rock. The ISPS Hand announcement was a couple of weeks ago. And it's uh, interesting now they're playing classic Parkland, classic links. How did it all come about? The um, so I, I guess look, we'd have a, a good working relationship with Gary and the guys in at Galdorm already. Um, the tournament was looking to try and move in a slightly different direction uh, with regards to you know the, the the tournament and the way it was played, and I guess we had a, a conversation about it as well. Basically, ultimately saying that yeah, we would be interested. We put our hat in the ring a number of years ago with about the Irish Open and. I suppose this was the next step for us. And look, I guess we've had a lot of conversations behind the scenes with with Gary, with Andrew Snoddy from the, the, the DP Tour. And I think it's just a nice fit, the direction that the club's going in as well. The fact that it's a, a combined LPGA, LET and DP World Tour event. So, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, so I think one of the things we've always thought is that, you know, Galgorm is, is the big hub you're going to be a focus here because none of the girls and none of the boys will have been up to your place. You're going to be where the interest is going to be, except for a handful, obviously, you played when they, over the last few years. Yeah, it's funny the amount of practice rounds that have been going on already. Um, we've had a, a number of the, the leading lady Irish players have already been up for the practice rounds and they continue to be. Um, I think a few of them played in university and some stuff in the past, but I, I, I guess, look, we're very fortunate. We got involved, I suppose, with Gal Gorm a number of years ago and we became very friendly with Christina Kim and a few of the LPGA players who, after the event, used to come up and play and practice up here. And, and in, in fairness, they actually got involved with some of our juniors 
and really kind of took on board with what they were doing and put some junior clinics on. So we've actually always had a, a quite a close connection with the LPGA. Um, so I know that they've been voicing their opinion of Castle Rock and, and how much they've enjoyed it over the years after the tournament um, to the point where we would have had two or three days where this has been pretty much full of lady tour players, which is lovely to see. And I think we can all relate to the ladies' game a little bit more than sometimes the men's. Uh, the way they hit the ball so yeah I know that they're looking forward to it I know that we've already had talks with a few of them that are coming into town probably four or five days ahead of the event that are coming to want to come and camp out at Castle Rock for a few days practice and peace and quiet so yeah we're looking forward to it. Yeah I said uh, most people would be quite familiar with Galagorm now but um, Castle Rock's going to be a bit different and Castle Rock's undergone a fair amount of uh, changes itself over the last few years it's a championship standard now beyond any uh, doubt. Um, in terms of setup, planning, all that sort of stuff, um, what's the uh, what's your outlook? I think uh, you never really see one in any of these questions here, Paul, because I- I'm sure you're probably looking at my computer screen uh, to see what some of the notes were taken from the European tour visit um, from the other day. So. Um, I'm kind of laughing because a lot of it will be weather dependent. If if it's if it's going to be windy, it will be a very different setup to the kind of day that we're sitting looking out at the window at today. The fact that it's flat cam, um, but Castle Rock itself is not a massively long golf course, and the defence for any links course has always been the wind, the bunker, and the the rough, etc. Which would be no different from that week. And we're not really changing the golf course, and the members are not really going through the pain of. Um, narrowing the fairways etc so, so that's not there we are looking at using a couple of extra tees that nobody would have ever ever played off um myself and a couple of the guys from the tour have hit some balls off it um purely just to see what it would be like did you reach um, a did you reach a fair river after about three or four shots yeah um you've seen me play paul you know that it's not pretty um but yes we are looking at probably three holes in particular that we would be adding significant length, not just, um, you know, you know, more than 30, 40 yards, put it that way. Uh, and I guess we're very fortunate that the band course comes very close to the main course. So it would actually be using a couple of the tees from the band course to play the holes, if that makes sense. But again, that will all be very weather dependent because the unique aspect of this event is that however the golf course is set up on the Thursday, it has to remain the same on the Friday. So, um, if it's looking like strong winds on the Thursday, then then we will be playing the the standard Castle Rock golf course, yeah. um, which would then continue on to the the Friday as well. Yeah, and logistically, obviously, Mazarin was just down the road from 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 Galgorm, uh, Castle Rocks. It's it's, it's forty five minutes. Is it fifty minutes approximately? Yeah, it's about forty minutes. Depends how heavy your right foot is, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's about not forty too, minutes. It's not too far away, actually, in many respects. It's not, and I think the two are doing a very good job in, in promoting a number of aspects of travel. But we are unique in the fact that you know the the rail station is a hundred yards from the first tee, so uh, they're actively promoting some rail travel with the players and spectators. Uh, there are going to be some courtesy buses coming up from Galgorm, dropping off at the front gate, and then we have the unique situation that we have the beach and we have some extra parking in the village. So. All of that will, will, will fit in nicely and will be released in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, it, it's 40 minutes away, but you know, I think everybody's, you know, 40 minutes is nothing these days. 
no, definitely not, definitely not. I think it's very interesting. I think when we heard about it, thought, now that's an interesting wee. Imagine you could be playing flat cam in Galgorm one day and go up to Castle Rock the next day and get the face blown off you. Yeah, and that, that, that can happen from the morning to the afternoon. But I think all the courses, I mean, you know, I was down with, with, with Gary and Ross and the boys at Galgorm only the other week. And you, and you look at some of the changes that they've made to the golf course and, you know, the, everybody talks about the 18th and how much better the 18th hole is. You know, you now have the same sort of feel on the ninth, the par five. So even Galgorm has really upped its game. I mean, Galgorm last year was probably in the best condition I'd ever seen it in. And, it, and I'd openly say that to anybody. And, and to be honest, this year, I think it's going to go a step further. So I think it's an exciting championship because you've got Galgorm that have invested heavily in tourism and their golf course. And then you have Castle Rock that, you know, we've been quietly pushing the envelope uh, in the background with with improvements to the golf course through the years. So it's it's, it's it'll be nice for the members um, to kind of really showcase what's what's been happening here at Castle Rock. Bert, thanks very much. Uh, we'll keep up to date over the next few months, as always. You too, Paul. We'll see you soon. All right. Yeah, what do you think of that? A wee bit of links, a wee bit of parkland. I think we mentioned it before, but interesting idea for the tournament. Mm. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. I mean, I don't think I would. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to get my head around that. But I'm, you know, not the sort of person this tournament's aimed at. So no. it'll be grand. It'll be grand. I think. I think it's a great idea. I really do. I think it could be very interesting. It just something to, to just spark it after the last few years. So, uh, mm. looking forward to it again. Looking forward to great, that. Great showcase of both both those courses for starters and absolutely you know we talk about tournaments that we want to test every element of the game well you're certainly certainly going to be doing that so that'll be very exciting so early in the year golf ireland named blackbush golf clubs alma morrison as ulster's volunteer of the year for a work at the club which is focused on getting women into the game. So I caught up with Alma and the club's general manager, Ian Blair, for a chat about why volunteering remains vital for golf clubs. Ian, let's start with you. For people who have never been up in your part of the world, tell us a wee bit about the club and the course. What can they expect of the Rock Up for Visitors Day? Uh, Bushfoot is um, it's located right up on the very north coast. We're, we're just about a mile away from uh, the Giants Causeway. And our nearest golfing neighbour is Royal Port Rush. Uh, so we've got some spectacular scenery um, from the first tee until the ninth green. We are a nine-hole course. We like to call ourselves the premier nine-hole course in Ulster. Helen's Bay and a few others might argue otherwise, but we're we're claiming it because we've got it in a book. So I have, and uh, it is. I mean, it 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 is. It, the name comes from the fact that it is in the last bend of the River Bush, from which the famous whiskey comes out of. Um, you know, and it's a great it's a great challenge of a golf course. There's never a day the wind isn't blowing in some direction. Um, seaside golf, small greens. Uh, tight fairways um so yeah it, it, it's good and we've got a welcoming atmosphere afterwards in the clubhouse with again beautiful views out over the out of a run Kerry bay uh in port ballantrae here club club was formed in 1890 so it is one of the oldest clubs in the country um obviously wasn't a founding member of the golfing union of ireland um 
and uh, it's always been nine holes. Um, one one feature of the place is that uh, there's a tram line that's, that splits the, the golf course. Um, would have been the, the Causeway tram originally, uh, running from Bush Mills up to the Causeway, and still runs during the holiday time. So people uh, like to see the little tram toddling up and down there. But all in all, it's a good wee club. Uh, we've got nearly 500 members, um, uh, 100 of which are lady members, 200 gents, and then a mixture of social membership and juniors. And uh, the ladies have been a very, very active part of the club, um, certainly since I've been here. But that's a brief synopsis and always welcome. We're in the, we're in the local green fee market. We're not, uh, not going to need a mortgage to come and play us. And we do have a few opens uh, throughout the year. So that's a, that's a brief little snippet about the place. Brilliant, Ian. Thank you very much. That, I think that's, that's an interesting point for such a small club to be nine holes and to have such a big membership that must say a lot about the club as opposed to the course and a good club is is not about just the course it's about the vibe in the place the clubhouse how people get on with each other and it's a nice segue into congratulating <clears throat> Alma on winning the volunteer award with Golf Ireland congratulations on that award Alma no doubt some of the vibe and the positive uh, relationships up at which foot are down to your work over the years. How long have you been involved in the club? I joined the club, uh, I think it was about 1990. And, and um, have you always been a golfer? Uh, no, my husband encouraged me to come. He had been a member prior to that for a number of years and he wanted me to join so as we could play, uh, play with each other as we got older. <laughs> that doesn't that, that doesn't happen. He plays his and I play mine. <laughs> but from from your point of view, was it a club that you immediately felt at home at? Has you know, is is it that sort of a place? Oh, very much so. Um we not only are the members here um very welcoming, but so are so is the staff that we have. We have a staff that's second to none. And uh, you're always uh We'll get a warm welcome here. Yeah. Well, one of the things that the, the award was for was for your work in, in bringing new lady members into the club. And, you know, 100 lady members is, that's a significant amount in this day and age. So in terms of volunteerism and putting your, your, your sort of your stamp on the club, how did it happen? Was it by chance or did you sort of see a need? No, when I joined the club, the lady captain at the time um, had uh, little fun competitions for a, a few nights for all new members and uh, I thought it was a great idea and when I came in as lady captain in 2003 I thought I'm going to do that during my year and then um, after that after my year was over I thought I really enjoyed that I think I'll just continue to do it if uh, the ladies committee allowed me and um, I have been doing it ever since. We have what we call, we called Monday Fun Nights. And uh, they have been great. I have a, a good friend, Beverly, and she uh, has always helped me um, and many of the lady members of the club um, support me as well. And it's, it's been great. 
And so, then for me, so, so so really, you were doing get in the golf before get in the golf was a thing. Very much so, Paul. They were indeed. I I I stumbled across here. Well, I'm near here, nearly here nine years ago, and yeah, get into golf was just getting going, and um, I was looking for two ladies to come along to, or a couple of volunteers to come along uh, to an introductory workshop up with um, Golf Ireland at the stage up in Greenmount. And um, somebody said, oh, you can't go past these two. Uh, you'll, you'd be standing on toes here. So um, so we pressed gang them into coming up for the introductory day up with Roy Leonard and the guys. And um, yeah, we really haven't looked back uh, since no. getting into golf got going. Yeah, uh, We've been running it now for eight years and it's been fantastic. It fitted in very well with what we were doing on the Monday night, um, Ian takes the lessons. We give him uh, a hand with those, do little games. And uh, uh, the only thing is it has grown and grown uh, until it has become a Monday night and uh, a Tuesday afternoon, sometimes evening, and a Thursday as well. You're a victim um, of your own success. Well, it's to accommodate um, different standards uh, of the ladies coming in. Some are, are very confident when they come, even if they're beginners and they're some are not, and you have to deal with them in a different way. So with your track record and the amount of time you've spent sort of volunteering and developing clubs, um, one of the things that we keep hearing about, and it's across all sports, is the death of volunteerism that all sports bodies, and they're all struggling to find people, to give up their time. People are time poor nowadays. So, Emma, from your point of view, what is it that you've got out of it to keep doing it? Absolutely. It's been so much fun, uh, so enjoyable, and I'm a great believer that you only get out of life what you put into it. And it's the same with any club that you join. You'll get out of far more if you put some in. And we've met so many lovely ladies and it's just wonderful to see them become very important, valuable members of our club, uh, taking up positions. We have two now on our club council and we have a lot in our ladies committee. And last year we had our lady captain, uh, Mary, last year, and our present lady captain, Ruth. Um, they both come in through Ian's Get Into Golf initiative. And uh, it's it's been absolutely super. And uh, Beverly, um, who works with me closely in this, we get so much satisfaction out of seeing um, these ladies improve and become integrated part of our club. Yeah, it's interesting because even in a lot of clubs, getting the golf gets people into the door and gets them started, but they don't necessarily integrate. So it's not just playing golf with you. It's they have to do more. You have to bring them in. They get involved in the whole life of the club. Yeah, Paul, I mean, from my point of view, I, you know, getting the golf is a five slash six week program. If that was all the interaction we had with the, the participants, the vast majority of them are just going to, again, disappear down the road. You might secure one or two, um, but it's the extra efforts that uh, Alma and Beverly put in, you know, the WhatsApp groups, the 
the pairing of people with similar minded people, same personalities, um, so that and 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 breaking that barrier down so that they're not coming here daunted. You know, golf clubs are can be quite a daunting place to get people past the door. Um, Bushfoot, and certainly since I've been here, and I think historically, um, is a bit more relaxed. There is a bit of a holiday atmosphere. We don't have a big barrier. We don't have a big wall. We don't have a big fence. You drive down and you see a beautiful view and you see the beach. And I think uh, you know, and then, the, then the attitude of the members is good as well. Um, and that goes across the board. Ladies, juniors are welcome in the summer. Um, and I think a lot of people you know, grew up with it here. They came here for their summer golf and they then come back with that same type of attitude. Yeah. Um, but certainly the work that these girls have done, uh, uh, you couldn't pay anybody to do it. Yeah, that, that's, you know, you, that's the other point I was going to go to. Like for, for a club on and for keeping a club on its feet, volunteers are everything. You can't do it without use. No, well, I I said this whenever I was getting the Ulster Award, that I never looked on myself as a volunteer. All I looked on myself was that I was a member of, of a golf club and if I could do some small thing to help the club, then it made me happy. Um, I, I never really looked on myself as uh, as volunteer at all. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and you got enough out of it, and you enjoyed it so much, it didn't feel like work. It wasn't. It wasn't. No, I'm not saying that uh, it's it's always easy. The the you have to put in a lot of time and effort and a lot of preparation, uh, an organisation into uh, taking them out on a Monday night and getting them paired up. But there's so much support within the ladies uh, that it's, it, it's, it's not a challenge, it's not difficult. Um, and the, our idea is to make golf fun. And it's not fun for beginners if you send them out in the course to play off their own ball all the time. Yeah. So I, we pair them with people who are more experienced and they hit shot about or play different formats, but at the beginning, never off their own ball because that can be soul destroying. Well, that's actually one of my questions. I was going to ask you that from, from your experience, what is it that a good retention policy, how do we as golfers and golf in general, what is it the, the key to getting people to stay after those those uh, programs are run? You know, how do you keep people engaged? Is it fun times, fun events, making sure people are integrated into the club, know the way around things? Because, like, even how do you fill a fork card and how do you put your score, your results into the computer afterwards? That can all bit of, feel a bit of a struggle to people just if they just arrive without any support. Well, what we do is I get the um, whenever they have been in for have joined the club after the lessons, I get our match and handicap secretary, and she comes down and she goes through. Uh, how you fill in a card, how you put it into the computer, how you put it, an app into your phone. And she goes through all of that. And she, we have printouts uh, that we give to everybody in case they forget, um, you know, what they're, what they're told at the time. And they, they always have these sheets of paper with information on them. And we do 
on a Monday night when we come in, having played out on the course, uh, we would do a rule every every week, and we do a bit of etiquette so as they um, they know what they they're supposed to be doing, their dress code, etc., uh, and what it's like to be a, a member of a golf club. Yeah, excellent. So it's it's the and I hate this word, modern, very modern word, the holistic approach <laughs> to playing yeah, golf. Yeah, very much. So like if we, it's not just the golf inside either. Paul here, the ladies, and especially the ladies are coming into the and through the program. They're they're heavily involved. They come to the social events. Alma is very good at integrating them in all the social events. The Lady Captain's Day is not just for the people who play their golf on the day necessarily. There'll be you know, there'd be tables set aside or, or not set aside, but allocated for the lady, the new ladies. So they get, they get involved. They see that. They see the social aspect. We have a couple of ladies now. They've been members of the club four or five years and they just enjoy playing the re nine holes together. Come in, have a cup of tea and then they go off and do something else. And I think that's we have benefited from the fact that we are nine holes. These ladies are all very busy. They run from golf to Zumba to sea swimming to, well, there's always coffee in the garden center. Um, there's bowls. There's, there's so many things. Um, and that the nine hole, the nine hole format uh, certainly helps there. Uh, they can get around nine holes under two hours, quick cup of coffee, two and a half hours, right? They can go and pick the grandkids up or whatever from school uh, one or two o'clock. And then I can go on and do my other things in the day. Um, and, and it's more than the golf. It's, it's, it's that social aspect, I think, is really the key to retaining um, the players or the members here for us. Um, you know, they, once they get in there and get, develop those friendships, then uh, you, you get a member for life then. Brilliant. Alma, finally then, from, from your point of view, what was, what was it like to be A, nominated and B, to win? Uh I, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> I, I I almost regretted letting my name go forward. I'm not that sort of person, and this is out of my comfort zone. Uh, I just like working with the ladies, getting them out there. Um, I don't like being in front of houses where I just like to get on and do what I do and uh, in, in my own way. Um, but just one other thing that I think is important is that you need to keep in contact with uh, the ladies. If we see, we have um, our WhatsApp groups, but we also contact them individually. And I think it's very important that I would have a, a we look through the BRS, the time sheets every now and again. And if I see that there's maybe somebody that hasn't uh, appeared for a few weeks, I just give them a, um, a wee text or something to see if they're all right. Or if somebody uh, who has worked very hard at golf and has had very little success, but her handicap has started to come down, I'll give her a wee text and say, well done. It was you know, worth all the, all the hard work you've put in. Or if somebody does well in a competition, we'll contact them and say, oh, it's great to see your, your, your name up there in lights. But as winning those things, uh, it was it was very much out of my comfort comfort zone. 
fantastic stuff. And for somebody who has been part of a volunteering scheme, I wasn't I wasn't the volunteer, but but that's how I first tried to pick up a golf club was through a scheme like that. And was it? They, it's so so important, so important for it that it's you've got an extra layer of people that support yeah. the game like that. I mean, they're just invaluable. Absolutely, it was, it was a, a great chat. We're in great form up there. Um, do you know what I have to say? It's a part of the world. You drive past to go to Royal Port Rush or go to Port Stewart, mm. yeah, Castle Rock, even, and you never mm. think of stopping into to that to we golf course. So, time to get it on the on the list of must plays. Anyway, on to the amateur stuff then, please, Ms. Uh, I shall start with the news that Lauren Walsh, Max Kennedy and Ryan Griffin have all been included in the 2023 Arnold Palmer Cup teams. The matches will be hosted by Laurel Valley Golf Club in Ligionnet. Is that how you pronounce that? Well, uh, close enough. Ligionnet? I never know. When they nick French names, I don't know if they say them French or if they've Americanized them. <laughs> anyway, um, Laurel Valley Golf Club in Pennsylvania, taking place between the 8th and the 10th of June. Yeah, Irish golfers Livy Coslow and Sean Keeling landed a unique double at the Scottish Girls and Boys Open Championships. Uh, Ross Commons Coslow finished on seven under par, which is good enough for a four shot win, whereas uh, Keeling overturned a three shot deficit Whoa. to win the boys' title. Impressive stuff. The Ulster Senior Men's Amateur Open Championship at Lockarn was won by Greystones Alan Condren, who edged out Coors Towns. I can't speak today. Corstown GC's Alan Doherty in a playoff. Well done. Put your teeth back in. And Cork native and former professional Jason Law. Um, he had a three and two win over Harry Gillivan in the final of the Monster Men's Amateur Open Championship. Uh, Law, who's 48 uh, from East Cork Golf Club, was in fine form all weekend at Cork GC. Um, and he won when he got the better St. Anne's man on the bank holiday Monday. There's plenty of golf going on at the minute with the Amateurs, the Irish Open, mm -hmm. Amateur Open zone at the island. Um, obviously, it's going on right now. First round's on today, so we'll kind of miss a bit of that. And that's us for this episode. But mm -hmm. before we go, just a wee bit of major chat. So yes. the next men's tour major, and I was checking around to make mm -hmm. sure I didn't miss anything in the ladies section, but there's not mm -hmm. their next ones in June. Nope. So the US PGA Championship on is Oak Hill, famous yep. for a brilliant uh, European Ryder Cup victory. That yep, was some 95. Time. What a win there. Um, and our friend Jordan Spieth, he's going for the Grand Slam. Funny, kind of snuck up on me this, to be honest with you. I don't yeah. know whether that's, that's... I still... Still it being still in, in Masters. Still in Masters. But... Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. But Jordan, he has actually... He's He pulled out of the Baron Nelson with a wrist injury. Yes. I think it was wrist. Yes. So will he be... Will he be there for the very... Grand Slam attempt? Very Fingers doubtful. Goals, Must be very but, doubtful. And at this, a, at this early stage, yeah. knowing your track record for tippage, I'm not going to ask you to pick yeah, somebody. Because <laughs> he ain't there. He's <laughs> <laughs> probably more chance than the ever I do pick. <laughs> However, um, it's been a bit quiet on the, it seems, from the local people. So, you know, mm. I did throw a few pounds on Terrell Hatton, and he seems to have been of recent mm -hmm. weeks the most sort of uh, consistent. So yeah, um, maybe fancy Terrell again for a few pounds. I think I think that's a good shout. Because when he he's he's very much a form player, isn't he? Particularly when he's ever playing in the States and when he gets there, he 
he's he looks like he's building rather than coming you know then he's been up and he's coming down again i think that's a great shot fleetwood as well i would say is yeah he's, he's been doing he's okay had as well flashes just not the not the same consistency i think you're right yeah telling girls you notice we're steering you notice the part <laughs> of the staying clear of seamus shane and rory because it's got it all very flat hasn't it well it has and also it feels like we we just grinch them and that they, they don't stand a chance when we try and back them. Like Grinch. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah, the Grinch, oh. yeah. So so yeah, we'll we'll pick up on the USPJ when we come back again. Um fingers crossed that we may have a bit of a, a runner in the fine mm. furlongs of that event. And we'll be back in a few weeks' time for another update. We'll catch up with everything that's going on locally in the world of golf. Thanks, Emma. Thank you very much. Nice to see you. As always, bye. Bye. All right, don't touch me. See woo. Shaking that ass. Shaking that ass. Shaking that ass. See woo. Shaking that ass. Shaking that ass.